MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody. Our number two of in-game live, and George and I are trying to crack the code when it comes to the starting pitchers out there. We've heard so much stuff, George, right? They may only go four innings. The opener has become in vogue anyway. There's an extended roster, so maybe there's more arms in the bullpen. We don't know about how they have had enough time to ramp up or build to 80 pitches, 90 pitches, 100 pitches, whatever it is. This is going to be a very unique year, not only with the coach. COVID Corral Championship, but in how we treat the production of some of these, you know, stud pitchers. And now we look into kind of the third tier here as our guy, Chris Venture, the closer, has done his SP1s, SP2s, SP3s. I want to ask you right at the top of the list, Corey Kluber. He is now with the Texas Rangers. New team, not in the central anymore, George, in a ballpark where the ball will fly. And we're already in that hot, wet America summer down there in Texas. Um, I'm fading Corey Kluber. I'm fading Corey Kluber. I also just think the Rangers are worse than the Indians. So when you look at um, wins and how that factors into his fantasy potential, I'm a little bit worried that Corey Kluber is about to fall off a cliff. What say you, George? There's a lot to worry about Kluber. All right. Uh, now, they're playing indoors now, so it's not the heat doesn't matter anymore. They oh, got that new ballpark. That's right. And for all reports are that this is going to play at least neutral, maybe even be a pitcher's park. All right. Uh, we don't. Bottom line is we don't know until they start to play. They nope. really don't know. So we think this is what we've heard here. There's no. Uh, <coughs> there's no big wind tunnel in right center field that's uh, driving the ball out of here. So I was curious anybody else there, but I am fading Kluber as well. <laughs> I don't. I'm sorry, I've done at least 10, 12 mocks. I don't think I have him on any team. Right. That's pretty much all you need to know, that I'm fading somebody, uh, that I don't trust him. Yeah. Reports are, though, he looks good. The ball's moving. He's another wiffle ball pitcher. That when he's on, that oh, ball yeah. moves all, all – I don't know if I've ever seen oh, a ball yeah. move like he can do it. The but only had, person I'd say recently, and he had a stint with the Texas Rangers, was Cliff Lee. That's the only person I've seen that can do actually more with the ball that it looks like a video game or a wiffle ball, as to, to your point. Yeah, I mean, when they, the, when the ball's able to move like – you just don't see that. You know, so I – I think he could be okay, but there's too many question marks here for me. I said, I don't know about Kluber. I don't know about his health. It hurt a lot the past couple of years. A lot of it's overuse, right? Pitched a lot. It's a guy who, should, once again, should be helped by 60 games because he wore down as the season moved on. Right. Had trouble. And he was never the Corey Kluber in the playoffs because 200-plus innings, he just couldn't do that and be that same kind of pitch here. But I don't know the ballpark. You know, new team. You don't know his health. Uh, he's the guy I would, uh, I would describe 
let him be someone else's problem. Yeah, absolutely. Like, listen, can the, can the guy still pitch? Yes. He's just, to your point, not going to be on a ton of my teams. Because even as I look at this list, <laughs> the next two guys right below him, I'm using the mental for the central. And I want both of them above Corey Kluver. We already talked about Luis Castillo, who I think has electrifying stuff, right? And could actually be a dark horse for the NL Cy Young, if you want to know the truth. But I like Trevor Bauer. We've talked about our love for Trevor Bauer and his eccentricity. But then the opening day starter, George, for the Cincinnati Reds, it was announced this week, is going to be Sonny Gray. Uh, our guy Ventra has Bauer and Sonny Gray below Kluber. I think I'd rather have them both. We've talked about the mental for the central playing into that as well. Give me both of these Reds over Corey Kluber. Um, I can go the other way in this. I'm avoiding red starting mm. pitches in general because of the ballpark. Ah, the Great American Small Park. Great American Small Park. You know, it's a, it's a joke of a park. You're playing there in summer. Ball's going to fly all year round. It's not really a knock on Bauer or Gray. By the way, if you want a fun Twitter follow, follow Trevor Bauer. Oh, yeah. Not afraid to speak his mind Certainly at all. Uh, Sonny Gray, I guess he was right getting out of New York, right? Uh, so uh, that's worked out great so. for him. And weird in that the small park is actually worse to pitch in than Yankee Stadium, but he couldn't handle New York. That's the bottom line. He couldn't handle New York, which they, we, we've seen that all through the years, through the decades. The players can't mm -hmm. handle the uh, the bright lights, big city here. It happens. He got out, and now he's back to a sunny gray that he used to be. Maybe even better when you consider what he's doing in this small park. But what happens if there becomes pressure on the Reds? Because now there are some teams that think the Reds are one of those teams like the Padres, like the Blue Jays, like the White Sox, who can like be too stupid and dumb and young to not know what they don't know and just go out there and bang this year, right? And in that case, sorry, Sonny Gray is now the opening day starter for a team that's contending for the Central. They've got a big three, George. They really do. They have a ready-made DH on that in that lineup with a guy. To me, I think they've got multiple ready-made DH. Aquino being one of them who absolutely went off at the end of last year, among others. What happens if people start to expect from the Reds if the problem with Sonny Gray is, you know, crumbling under the pressure and the bright lights of New York? Well, the Reds are an interesting team. You brought up this is another team that I think benefits greatly by the short schedule because yeah. maybe you can minimize injuries. I don't like yeah. their depth. You mentioned, I mean, when I look at a baseball team, I always look at the starting pitching staff. That's I think me that's too. The, right? I look at the Gray, top three starters. That's the first thing I look at. Gray, Castillo, and Bauer. That can that's, hang. That's that good. Can hang with most of the National League. Absolutely. Miley Descalfani. All right. No, it is what it is after that. I think over a long season, when you'd have injuries, it'd be a problem. Where's your depth coming from? Who's going to replace these guys? That's, that would kill them. But if they can stay healthy, especially the big three, over the 60 games, the offense may not be world beaters, but it's good. Yeah. And you're in a small park. You know, if Votto can have some kind of resurrection. You know, this team should be at least competitive, at least competitive, not be the Reds of the past 10 years where they've been a joke. I think they should be at least competitive. I think they may be a year away, maybe a piece or two away from truly competing in the National, in the National League Central. But because of the watered-down schedule, they may be that team that has that right. incredible start. You know, they go, I don't know, 20 and 8, That's and that right. gets them in. Yep, absolutely. One of these young teams, whether it's like Chicago or Toronto or Cincy or San Diego, is going to get off to a 15-5 and five start. And then what? And that's what I'm going to be very interested to see. When I look at this tier that Ventra put together, George, there's also a lot of young studs here. I see 23, 25, 24, right? So let me ask you about some of them. Are you a believer in like Zach Gallen or Julio Urias with the Dodgers or Sorotka, for example? Which of these really, really young guys do you think can continue their progression and ascend and really warrant being an SP3 on a fantasy roster? I can tell you the Oakland A's starting pitchers are not getting any love. They're not getting any love. Talk about them, George. I don't know why, because everything is good about the Oakland A's. They're a good team. They always Talk make the playoffs. Them, that ballpark is a pitcher's haven. Damn right it is. It doesn't matter if it's uh, summer or not. The ball does not travel there at night. It just doesn't go. You need a bazooka Damn to hit right. a home run there. So I like all these guys. Sean Manaya, I'm able to get him for a song. Chris has him in the top 30, which is around where he should be, but he's being drafted top 50. Yeah, it's just it's weird. I don't know why we don't like. Is it because the ballpark is gross? They have sewage that sometimes gets pumped out into the field. I mean, I get it, but still, these guys play through it. So I like all these guys. Sean Manaya is a guy I look for, and I'm not. Like I said I, if someone drafts him top 30, well, good for you. But ADP is telling me I can get him later. This right. is why you do mock drafts, by the way, because right. you find out these little hints here. Uh, Lizardo, 
I think he actually is better than uh, a lot of these guys. He is the rookie. We don't. There's some risk there, and mm-hmm. he's going earlier because he's a shiny new toy. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's he's not going top fifty. He's more top forty, top forty-two. But I like him as well. Those are the guys I'm looking at here. Yep. Urias, I think, gets the help because David Price opted out. Right, that might open right. up that spot for him. There's I want to make sure he's there. going to be in him there. Or May or whatever it is, right? Yeah. All right, Dustin May as well. The the what, the red, the flowing redhead, the I don't know, Noah <laughs> Thor West. That's right. go, I, I like him. His stuff is is really good. Just stop beating up uh, people. So. You named my dark horse for the AL Cy Young, and it's Jesus Lazardo. okay? There is a universe out there, George, in this truncated season, right? Like, look at what he did when he came up, albeit in limited action, also out of the bullpen. You know, I apply what I just told you, the, the Chris Paddock logic, okay? The Chris Paddock logic of last year, I believe Jesus Lazardo can be that. The stuff is ridiculous. The strikeout rate is there, and I believe he can string together. He's an... You said the shiny new toy. People haven't seen him. Almost every start he makes is going to be for that opponent the first time they're seeing Lazardo in this role. I think there's a universe that out of 10 starts, he can put up absolutely ridiculous numbers. We believe the A's are a fringe contender or at least will be competitive. And in the wild card, he's going, I don't know if you've seen this, George. He's 70 to 1 to win the AL Cy Young. And I'm not saying that he's going to do it, but I do think 70 to one is value for a guy like Lozardo, where there is the path to him doing what is required to be a true Cy Young contender. He has that in him. The league hasn't seen him and he's got the condensed, you know, sprint to do it. When you talk about these awards, they're going to be some weird winners. You know, they, they are all, because they're going to be guys who just go to a great start. Yes, they wouldn't have won it over 162 games. They would have worn down. Lozada would have had an innings count or an, you know, a pitch count, but they right. won't have that now. They didn't play this year. You mentioned it. You said it earlier. Empty the can. right? Let it go. Let's right. slide. And you're going to see some weird winners this year who uh, happen to have that. So, yes, uh, I like Lozada anyway. I'm a Lozada guy. <laughs> I think it's going to be – I think great is probably too strong a word, but he, I think it's going to be very, very good uh, both this year and in his career. And like I said, pitchers park. That's or right. Make mistakes and get away with them with no problem. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on that. I think you're right because of this variance that is out there. You gotta take a shot at it, right? And listen, Manaya's at 45 to one in the same rotation, but I'll take Lazardo at 70 to one. You said he's better. I agree with you. Um, we talked about Shohei Otani yesterday as well, George. We know how we think he's gonna play that. He becomes so valuable as a hitter for these angels as well. I don't know about him as a pitcher. When I think about some of the names that are not on this list, two names that come to mind for me are James Paxton, who is healthy now and will be able to go, I believe, as the number two starter for the New York Yankees. And also Hinjin Ryu, who was a Cy Young candidate. I understand it's not the Dodgers. I understand it's in the Dome in Toronto with those kids that can hit. But again, New league, people will not see him. He's got that crafty veteran aspect. I think for one time through the league, he'll be able to do it as well. Paxton and Ryu come to mind for me. Are there any other kind of snubs or omissions that you would want to highlight here that are not on this list from the closer? Yeah, Paxton was definitely the first one I know. You talked about that during the break. I think he should certainly be up there. Uh, I'm not as big on Ryu, mainly for the, you know, I think what Venture was saying uh, on the break. Not really big on where he ended up. I think it could be a little tough uh, competition there. A lot of tough teams. He's another guy. I'll let him be someone else's problem. You brought up a couple of uh, Braves here. Max Freed. Yeah. I, I like Freed. You know, I know what the schedule is rough. I do know that. Uh, but still, I think Freed's going to be very good. I, we, we love the uh, the Braves for the most part there. There are a couple. I mean, Robbie Ray. I think That's he's going to have a He's got Zach Gallen on the list. That's the only diamond back he has on the list. What about Ray and Mad Bum? I'm Mad Bum's the same thing. I'm gonna let him be someone else's problem. I think he's going earlier than he should because he's Mad Bum, right? And I, I love the guy. He's fun. Says what's on his mind, but I think he goes too early. But Robbie Ray, I think he's gonna have a bounce back season. I think he should be, if not in the top 36, just outside of it. Listen, if he gets me 220 or 225 strikeouts, I'll take him inside the top 30 for sure. Well, that'll do it for our kind of pitcher rankings, tiers, previews, how we play this, right? Innings limits and the mental for the central. If you have no other takeaway, remember the uh, rhyme scheme of one George Kurtz. When we come back, we turn our attention to the NFL. We'll do that next on In Game Live.
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the Challenge Gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in, everybody. In-game live right here on SportsGrid. George and I giving you the edge. We spent some time in Major League Baseball. We turn our attention to football. And, George, yesterday we talked about some of, like, the travel protocols, right, some of the other uh, things to try to keep people safe. Um, I heard another piece. And, quite frankly, if the NFL is focused on this, it's ridiculous, George. Um, you're not going to be allowed to swap jerseys after the game and take that photo op, you know, like uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Kenyon Drake are not going to exchange jerseys and pose for pictures like we do in soccer or like has been come in vogue because, you know, there's germs on those jerseys, George. So to recap, it's cool to go after each other for 60 minutes and bang each other, hit each other, spit at each other, breathe on each other, sweat and bleed on each other. But after the game, that one minute where you're going to exchange jerseys, that's too much risk for us to handle. So let's mitigate that part, George. I don't know. You buy this? All right. I'm going to take the opposite viewpoint here. Okay? Because uh, I'll tell you why. Richard Sherman came out making pretty much the same point you made. All right? Now, you're right, by the way. All right? But everybody knows, if you're really putting health first, then there is no football season. Right. All right? I mean, if any player thinks that, oh, yeah, playing football is going to be fine, then you're an idiot. Okay? There, there would be no football season. Right. So by playing football, you're automatically admitting, all right, I'm willing, I'm willing to t- take some money over health. You're sure. saying that already. So I don't sure. want to hear from any player complaining about football, how football is more dangerous than anything else. It absolutely is. The NFL's job, and the Players Association for that matter, is to minimize everything else that they can. You can't stop the tackling, the blocking. You mentioned Blood, tears, uh, sweat, right. snot, saliva, everything else. That's going to happen. There's nothing you can do about that. 
If you want to play the game, that's going to happen. You're going to get a paycheck pretty much for that. You don't want to play, don't play. No one's going to, I'm not going to get on anybody for opting out. I, I fully, we've gone over this over and over again. You opt out, I completely get it. Right. But you can't complain about the NFL doing stuff like this because they're trying to minimize everything else. That is what they should be doing. Trying, it, it sounds stupid. I get it. You know, listen, having the guy before games from the NFL who goes around giving out fines if your towel is too uh, low for right, right, right. is stupid. All right, but it's part, it's part of what it is. I have no problem with the NFL doing this. It sounds silly, but what do you want them to do? If they didn't do this, if they didn't do something like this, and you found out later that, you know, I don't know, such and such player got it because he got, you know, Carson Wentz's jersey, we'd be all over the NFL. Like, how did you not think about this and eliminate this? It's, it's, they can't win. You damned if you do, damned if you don't here. But listen, I don't want to hear a player complain about this. If you don't know it's dangerous to play football, then I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you, buddy. All right, it's dangerous to play football. If you don't want to play, I, I know it sounds like stand and uh, jerkish, but don't play. Yeah. All right. It's it's dangerous, guys. It's completely dangerous. If you don't want to play, I'm not going to mock you. I completely get it. I support it. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. I don't think the season's going to complete anyway. I get it, not playing, but don't don't bitch and moan over the small stuff they're doing, the minimizing stuff. It's it's what they have to do. Fair, George. Fair. Okay. Um. You're right. It is what they have to do. And I agree with you that if we've already crossed the threshold that we're going to do this, guys, we're doing this, right, then you're right. We have to then do whatever we can, take whatever precautions to, under the context of we're doing this, to try to make it as safe as possible. And yes, technically, if there is some risk inherent with this to, to, to disallow this, does, you know, whether it's one percentage point or a tenth of a percentage point, you're right. I guess the way I feel about it is it feels like, why is this the news, George? You know, why is this the area of focus, shall we say? Why is this what comes out, right? Shouldn't they instead, in my opinion, be focusing on, I don't know, like um, the actual protocols of cleaning the shoulder pads um, or like how they're going to actually stagger team meals so 53 people are not doing it at the same time. It just seems like low-hanging fruit to me, George. So you're right. It's part of a comprehensive package that probably needs to happen to keep players safe because we're doing this, George. So I get it. But, like, I don't know that that maybe, and that's maybe, like, the source of information, and I just happen to see this, and we're talking about it now, but it seems like it's a misplaced priority or focus. I think there's bigger fish to fry before this detail of the Jersey exchange. Oh, you're, you're 100% right. Of course, this is silly. This is, why are we talking about it? Because there's no games going on. Fair. Right? There's, no, there's yeah. nothing else going Anything that comes out from the NFL, the NFL is always big news. There's a reason why the NFL is, you know, 365 uh, 365 days a year now. Yeah. Anything they do, we eat up. Anything they do. And the fact that there's no other games, no baseball, no hockey. Well, there wouldn't be hockey and basketball now anyway. But there's nothing else going on here. Right? And we're looking, we're starved for anything to talk about. Yeah. Now, I mean, in general. Yeah. I mean, yeah everybody yeah, wants yeah. to complain and talk about something, and this came up. Listen, I get it. It's silly. But I just think, uh, and listen, I think the NFL has made so many mistakes. The NFL actually believes the virus will bend to them. It sure does. The virus is going to go, what? The virus, oh, NFL. <laughs> You know, yep. they believe that, that they're going to stop for them. That's just, the NFL, <clears throat> they like that. They think they think they're above anything and everything. Yeah, I hear you. You know, maybe COVID is, in fact, a football fan. I don't know, but I don't want to go and try and find out. I think you make a great point. That's what we are talking about um, because there's nothing else to talk about. So these things all sort of raise in importance in our eyes, given the context. One thing that we did talk about yesterday that does have an impact on the field is the idea of Jadavion Clowney is still out there, right? And one of the things you said yesterday about Jadavion Clowney, whether he gets the sack numbers or not, is that he's still kind of a game wrecker. Defenses still have to account for him. And one of the other things you said, George, was that my New York Jets team has the cap space to do that. But guess what, George? As a Jets fan, I don't want Jadavion Clowney. 
I want to spend slightly less money and give me Everson Griffin, who is also out there as a free agent. No talk about him wanting $20 million a year. He can still apply pressure. He can still be a force on one edge. And Everson Griffin is another name that is also out there. Maybe the back and forth dance on if he wants to go back to Minnesota is still out there as well. But I think Everson Griffin can do 80 85% of what Jadavion Clowney can do, and you'd probably have to pay 60, 70% of the contract to get it done. I kind of like what Everson Griffin can be as a value. And in this market, when Clowney's the big name, give me Everson Griffin. Oh, I think if you look at the value, everything you said is correct. Okay. Like I said, you, you can get him for a cheaper price. You can make an argument that he's a better pass rusher uh, as far as that. he may not be the better overall. He's not the better overall player. He is five years older. So that's okay. something to consider there. But sure. I think he's – I'm surprised. You know, in this day and age of NFL, Dane, where we all know it's all about the quarterback, all about rushing the passer and all that. Yeah, right. Why is Griffin still out there? I, I mean, I, I keep looking at this. Why – and we haven't really heard anything from him. It's like he's almost been – he's in witness protection. Right. You know, back in the milk carton. We haven't heard anything about him, but I wonder why. What is going on that these teams know about? Usually teams crave. They salivate for guys like this. Yep. You know, is he – is he asking for too much money? We haven't heard that. You know, so I, I don't think that's it. I think there's something else going on here that we don't know about. And I'm wondering if the other shoe is going to drop eventually. When I see a player like this that's not in the news, not visiting teams, that and he, he should be signed. I don't think there's any doubt he should be with the team. Right. In a position that people need, people want, but yet he's not on a team. I'm the conspiracy guy. Mm, why? What's, what's wrong? going right. on? I know why Clowney hasn't signed. I understand that. I don't know why Griffin hasn't signed. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And when I look at teams that can kind of use a little bit of extra oomph in their sack department, you know, quite frankly, there are contenders out there. George, the Seattle Seahawks among them, only 28 sacks last year, tied for 29th in the league. Uh, the Chargers, and that's weird because they got Boza and Ingram, but think the Texans are out there. Um, the Ravens can use a pass rusher. The Cowboys, you know, your guys can use a pass rusher. Like, there are the Titans are out there. The Brown, like there are teams that can use him. I am, I do find it weird. Not only Clowney, like you said, I understand. Like, does Clowney look himself in the mirror and understand what the market is? I don't think that is the case for Griffin. Did Ziggy Ansa sign? I think he's another pass rusher that is out there that I have not heard, you know, that has actually put pen to paper. So what I mean to say is that the market is not dry. You know what I mean, George? And I know it seems like you're, you know, bringing it up right now, let's say, but he's another pass rushing name that's out there. for. So for me, for teams that could have a, a, a use for this, the Kansas City Chiefs, for goodness sakes, the reigning defending champions have not decided yet to bring Chris Jones back. They could use a guy. And if the supply and demand of all this is that there's a market here. I mean, there are teams that could be out there. I'm talking not only Clowney, Griffin as well, maybe Ansa as well. I'm just coming off the neck injury, so I could uh, maybe okay. he hasn't been able to visit teams okay. yet. So I, I can once again, I look for reasons. I can buy that. Sure. But there's no reason that's been reported for Griffin. That's what's weird. He's still a good player, right? He's sort of a player that only went away from Minnesota because they couldn't afford him. Right. right? They, had, they have cap issues there. This guy puts up numbers. Had eight sacks last year. Solid year. Played 15 games. And he was 31. All right. Uh, in football terms, that's all, but it's not ancient. You know, he could still play. I don't know what's going on with Griffin. You mentioned, and there are many more teams, by the way, that could certainly sure. use a player of his uh, status. I'm the Cowboy fan. You said the Cowboys. Of course mm -hmm. they could. He could be their Robert Quinn from last year. Yeah. You know, guy Absolutely. And now, I here's the other thing, George. It's not only at the pass rush. You said it, okay? As we evolve to this passing league, you need your quarterback. You need your offensive tackle. You need your pass rusher. You know what else you need? People that can cover. And that's the cornerback. When I look at Dre Kirkpatrick still being out there, Logan Ryan still being out there, I mean, the list goes on and on. I'll bring up a ton of other names. And guess what, George? There are a ton of contending teams that can use it. Green Bay comes to mind. Kansas City again comes to mind. The Houston Texans come to mind again. You know, I, you know, the Chicago Bears come to mind. The Panthers come to mind. I mean, there are plenty of teams. You, you need three corners now because you need to cover the slot as well. How are these guys still out there on the open market, George? Once again, uh, if, if you don't need a, uh, a pass rusher, then you need the corners. You got to cover. Yeah. And you said you, you need more than three. You need three stars, but you need more than three on your team. When, uh, when it comes to Dre... I think, once again, he may uh, 
he probably wants too much money at this point in his career. Ryan's come close, right? We've heard a with couple of times. Yeah. That's what the latest one that they were. He was close, but some reason not signed. I think that's money thing. I got to find a feeling with these two guys. They want more money than teams are willing to pay. I'm not talking break the bank contracts, but we are at the point in the season or the off season where teams have locked in a big part of theirs, whatever they're going to pay. They may have cap room, but the owner doesn't want to go to the cap. Now we know that some teams are cheap. You know, so I think that's what we're seeing with a lot of these guys. They're not considered game breakers. They're football players. You know, they're not stars, but they're football players. They, they can help, but I think that at this point they want more money than teams are willing to pay. So I think yeah. both sides are looking for leverage. These guys to give in, or these guys are hoping, well, someone will get injured, and there's my job. Yeah, that may be the case, but as a Cowboy fan, you know Byron Jones gets five years for $82 million, George. And then, like, are they huge names? No, but Tremaine Johnson's out there. Aqib Tlaib is out there. Brandon Carr is out there. Darquez Denard is out there. Morris Claiborne is out there. Dominique rogers Cromarty is out there. The list goes on and on, so... Free agency ain't done yet. When we come back, we turn our attention to the offensive side of the ball and who's still out there left to be had. George and I keep it moving right here in Game Live. More up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Welcome back in, everybody, to In Game Live. George and I trying to show you that, yo, don't necessarily go to those over-unders just yet. Don't go to those win totals in the NFL just yet. There are still some players who can move the needle. We talked about some pass rushers. We talked about some cover corners. The list goes on and on. George, you know, another kind of 
undervalued position, right? Because the names aren't sexy is the offensive line. But come on, George, especially in this season where most teams go to their backup quarterback, where we're going to need depth. You got to keep these guys upright. And there are offensive linemen. George, there are Pro Bowl offensive linemen. George, there are borderline Hall of Fame offensive linemen that are still available. When I say Hall of Fame, I'm talking about Jason Peters of the Philadelphia, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles. That is available. When I think of Larry Walford, who was a Pro Bowler last year for the New Orleans Saints, they then go and draft the kid Cesar Ruiz out of Michigan, right? So then he is expendable. He is out there. I'll tell you, there is more out there, but let's start. Start with those two guys. I know Jason Peters is, you know, at the end of his career at age 38, and maybe he's just going to wind himself back in Philadelphia because they sustained an injury recently to their big-time guard. I understand that, right? But, again, there's no reasons why there's these guys can be out here and had as camps are set to get going later on this month. Yeah, I think when you see good offensive linemen out on the on the street, for what the yeah. term— it's strange. All right. Uh, listen, I'm the Cowboy fan. The Cowboys turned around their fortunes when they started drafting offensive linemen. Right. All right. When you started protecting people and sure. not draft the, uh, the, you know, the hot name. Right. You know, I remember Jerry Jones, uh, how disappointed he was when he couldn't draft Johnny Manziel. Right. And he had to draft like Zach Martin instead, right? Yeah, Zach Martin instead, right? He couldn't get the big name to sell. You could sell Manziel. You can't sell Zach Martin. You know, that's, that turns around your team. You win football games in the trenches. Both sides, defensive line, offensive line. I'm a big believer in this. So when you see these guys, uh, I, I, listen, I get the Peters thing. He's 38. He's only a one-year hire. I get it. He's still good, could still play. But I understand. I can still understand why he's out there. Yeah, you know, he's not going to be with you long term. But these other Warford? guys, as you name, right? Why is he out there? I Once don't again, he's know. sort of. He's, he's 29 years old, George. He's 29 years old. What team doesn't want a pro ball interior offensive lineman? Every team needs that. Yeah, every team. I understand. Once again, some people, some teams. Well, interior is not as important as. Uh, I don't care. I, I don't care. I, I think you build a team through your lines. I do. Maybe he wants too much money. I, I get that, but you're also getting to the point in time now. You know, training camp's opening in two and a half weeks. Mm-hmm. Offensive linemen need time to gel. Now, yep. no one's really had time to work with each other, so you know you're not lost anything yet. But you want to get if you if you have the intention of signing these guys, or if you have the linemen and you want to play with somebody. You know, even just a one-year make-good deal, you want to get this done now. Get in there. Get in there with the guys and have a good year and make the big bucks next year. When I talk about this, George, you know, the Minnesota Vikings are favored to win their division. I think they have a bottom-tier offensive line. Um, The Arizona Cardinals, who I think could take a step forward, need to protect Kyler Murray. I think they can use an offensive lineman. I thought they were going to draft an offensive lineman in the first round. They went Isaiah Simmons, I believe, instead, right? There's a number of teams. Like, you never have too many offensive linemen, George. Like, this surprises me also. I could reel off any team. The Seattle Seahawks are another one that can use an offensive lineman and I think are a true contender, okay? Your Dallas Cowboys... Their offensive line has had some regression over the last couple of years, right? You know, no one could just look at a 29-year-old Pro Bowl interior offensive lineman and say, nah, no need for him. Oh, I, I agree. And listen, I always bring up the cat thing. Oh, they may not have room against the cat. Listen, if you want a player, you'll find the room against the cat. All right? Yes, it's not that man. tough to do. We see it all the time in the NFL. I'll cut my mid-3-4 middle linebacker. Right. Well, you're starting structuring contracts. There's always ways to find room. And when you I think your quarterback that. wouldn't restructure their deal to get a Pro Bowl guy to block for him? This, we talked about this yesterday, right? Isn't that one of the reasons why Mahomes maybe didn't take the max? Right. Because he knows he's going to have guys around to protect his uh, body so he doesn't get crushed on a blindside hit here. It's strange to me when you see guys like this on the offensive line especially. These guys don't grow on trees. All right, they're not running backs, they're not safeties. We're okay, we, we don't need this, we're not worried about this. These are offensive linemen. Your team is going nowhere without a good one. Not every team has a Russell Wilson who's right. going to do sandlot plays and go, oh, go here, here, here. Right. right, I'll go run around here and I'll make a play. Not everybody has that. So and even if you do, George, the Seahawks need a lineman. 
The Texans need a lineman. I don't care if you have a generational playmaking talent at quarterback. That doesn't mean you eschew the opportunity to protect them. I could, like Chris Rock once said, I could drive a car with my feet. It doesn't mean that I should try to do it that way. You know what I mean? So just because you have Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson who can make some of these things disappear doesn't mean you don't try to protect the man. No, you're getting no argument for me. I think once again, they're playing the game here. The, uh, the owners of the team or the GMs of the team want them to take less money, probably, you know, sweetheart deals. And these mm -hmm. players, because of what you're saying, you know, and you're right, you know, that they're borderline Hall of Famer, they're made the Pro Bowl, they don't want to, I guess, be insulted is the, okay. uh, the point we're looking at here. And I think it's you're waiting for someone to, you know, flinch, someone to uh, go, hey, all right, fine, I'll accept right. it. I think players are waiting for the injury to happen or desperation, yeah. and the owners are waiting to say, hey, you know, you. Chairs, there's gonna be no chair. Music stops. You got no choice, man. Take what I'm offering you. Yeah, that is the essential push and pull. Maybe people are more likely to wait this year because of, with the context of COVID, more people may get hurt, test positive, or even opt out of the season, creating vacancies to fill. You know, yesterday, George, we talked about Raheem Mostart and his trade demands, right? Um, and you and I, I think, we're both on the same page. And one of the things I said was, why give San Francisco a fourth round pick for Raheem Mostert when you can, all it takes is money, sign one of the running backs that are still out there out on the street. And, you know, you talk about the name recognition of them all. Well, I've got names that you know here, George. Devontae Freeman, Shady McCoy, Lamar Miller, Marshawn Lynch, Bilal Powell, Isaiah Crowell. Like, there's a number of options here. Some are better than others, I understand. Some are in between the tackles, guys. Some are more PPR kind of guys. You need a back out of the backfield? What's up with Theo Riddick, for goodness sakes? You know, there's people out there that can be had. I understand it's the more of the sexy name. I understand Raheem Mostert wants a trade. But if you're a team that is running back needy, I don't know, call it Tampa. Call it Philly, who has been playing in the pond. Philly has engaged with Carlos Hyde, engaged with Devontae Freeman, engaged with Shady McCoy. That means to me they don't want Miles Sanders to be alone in that backfield. So what about these names? You think they're going to find homes? You think they're waiting? And who maybe come calling? Well, Philly is absolutely signing one of the guys you mentioned. Really? Okay. That, that's just a matter of time. There's no way they think Miles Sanders can be the, the guy there. Okay. You know, the, the full-time guy. He, he needs a compliment. The only guy, right. Right. He, he needs a complimentary guy. I still think Freeman is a really good option for them. I thought Freeman was going to go with Seattle. I think he finished second in Seattle there. Yep. And, uh, you know, he's got the concussion history. I get it. But he's not going to be the full-time guy there. You know, so you think that would be better for him? I think Crowell, for the, as far as the guy who's the least amount of name on here, I think he's still got something left to, to show as well. I'm not as high on McCoy uh, Lamar Miller, assuming he can come back from the ACL, but that's generally two years down the line before you're back to normal. Riddick is right. more that one-trick pony guy. You know, so I think Riddick may be the last guy out of this, unless you uh, have a certain slot you want to put If that's the in. need you have, specifically, right. like, the Bears are another team that comes to mind. Like, I don't know how much you like Montgomery in year two. Cohen, who is also there, is a specific role, a la Theo Riddick, let's say, right? So, um, in the same way that Sanders is there, but they need another one. I think Chicago is yet another place that can look. Maybe that's not a contender. Maybe Freeman is like, nah. Let me ask you about this. How do you think the committee with the Rams are going to play out? <laughs> you got Akers. You got Henderson. Malcolm Brown was serviceable when they gave it to him last year. How do you divide up that pie? All right. If I'm doing a fantasy draft, I'm taking Akers first. Mm. Once again, I don't think you draft somebody second round and not play him. But the offensive line there is... They drafted Henderson last year, and they didn't play him. Yeah, but I, I, I didn't, he wasn't a, dra well, a top draft pick. I think, I think it's going to be uh, Akers. But that offensive line has got problems. I mean, uh, Goff took a major... Larry Warford then, George. Oh, I agree. <laughs> All right, you're getting no argument for me. I think this is one of the... You mentioned uh, certain teams that we like that don't have good offensive lines. The Rams are one of them. Mm -hmm. you know, I think this offense could play there. I think there's a reason. I'm surprised they didn't do more uh, during the draft for the offensive line because Goff took that major step back, right? You're paying right. him out. Fort Knox money. Well, they drafted Jefferson instead of like, oh, I thought they liked Josh Reynolds. What happened to that? Right. It was strange. Just strange to me how they went and bought their draft. If, you know, you got to protect your quarterback. If he's having happy feet, you know, if he's seeing the rush, if yeah. he's seeing the rush in front of him rather than looking downfield, well, then help him. 
help him. You, ha- you already had the wide receivers. Uh, the right. running back, I don't have an issue with the running back because you did need that as well. I may not. I wouldn't have taken it second round. I uh, I wouldn't have. There was a, a lineman there that I wanted them to take. I uh, I forget uh, who. Hit from Houston, maybe. It was, yeah, it was Houston. All right, you're right. Because he went third in the yes. third round to Arizona. Arizona got lucky uh, the third time around. I thought they passed on the old lineman when they went Simmons, and I thought they made a big mistake. I think they got lucky that Jones out of Houston was still there. Yeah. But to your point, the Rams could have taken him. They had multiple shots I at him. I think it. the Rams should have taken him. I think that was a mistake uh, because of the way their team is situated there. But I think it's, I'm going to go Akers here. If I had, once again, none of these guys are RB1s or RB2s. We're right. talking RB3s, flex guys, reserve guys. I'll take Akers first, then Henderson, then Brown. But I say this with a not much confidence. Fair enough, George. Listen, I, I named some of these guys, right? Freeman, Miller, Shady, Riddick, Beast Mode, although I only think he would go to one team and one team only. Isaiah Crowell. I mean, even, like, listen, there's lower-level names, guys. You know, I mean, C.J. Proceis, Robert Turbin, uh, Kenyon Barner. These are guys I Wendell Smallwood, for goodness sakes. These are guys I know can be the second or third guy in a committee and be serviceable. Um, if you were the GM of the Sports Grid franchise, okay? I'm the assistant GM. I'm coming to you, George, and I'm like, yo, there's a lot of decent running backs still out there on the market that I think we can have, you know, for a for a song. Uh, who are you calling first of this group? Is it Devontae Freeman? Uh, I'm going to tell you this, and I think this is why these guys are still out here. You just name 10, 12 guys, at least. I in demand. Yep. Right. You, there's plenty of options out there. I'm, I'm going, all right. Yeah. I'd like Freeman. What's the price? He wants That's what? Right. Let's wait. Cause That's once again, right. running back, we say this all the time. You can wait on running back. It's an easy position to learn. Just pick up the blitz. These guys can do that. You can wait until the price comes down. And if I was a GM and I am here, I'm waiting. Fair enough, George. I get it. They're not worth the price, especially with supply and demand. What is the gap between Freeman and, say, oh, I don't know, Isaiah Crowell? I'll tell you what, it ain't $3 million in my book. So I'm with you, George. When we come back, we tie a nice, neat little bow on this episode of In Game Live. Happy Sunday, everybody. George and I will be back. Hopefully you will be as well right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media 
as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to In Game Live right here on SportsGrid. George Kurtz and I giving you the edge. We looked at the free agent market because in the NFL because that can still move the needle a little bit, okay? A legitimate, you know, uh, part of a backfield can help a team. A pass rusher that I believe can still get double-digit sacks can help your team. Protecting your young ascending quarterback can help your team. So there's still value in looking at that. We talked about Major League Baseball as well. But, George, I want to ask you a little bit about hockey. We talked about this yesterday. And you, you know, the interesting case of Kerry Price. The fact that this is a goalie on a team that never should have been in the playoffs right now. I think they're literally the last team in the 12 seed. But with the idea of the hot goalie, he can stand on his head and you can go home, period, right? And that that is viable. And so then I looked and I was like, wait a second, Montreal is like 50 to 1. And you ended the show yesterday as a huge wet blanket on my life (laughs) telling me that he may not, uh, you know, report to the bubble. Let's say he may want to opt out. I want to find other candidates for the Kerry Price theory, George, who say like the goalie in the Western Conference on a team that has long odds, maybe has renewed life here, you know, um, that could get hot or teams that can get hot. For example, I look at Chicago, right? They're at 35 to one to win the net, to win the West. One thing I know is Kane and Taves will be back from injury, right? Now, I know they're not goalies per se, but who can get hot, George, in the Western Conference? Give me bombs that I can believe in. Well, I think there's two teams you look at in the Western Conference, teams that aren't in the top eight. Okay. So they're not fair. They they shouldn't be in – well, the Blackhawks definitely shouldn't be in the playoffs. The other team, maybe. Let's start with the Blackhawks. Now, you mentioned why. Kane and Taves. Yeah. These guys are two Hall of Famers. They have won cups before – they know how to play the game. They know how to play the series here. Corey Crawford is the goaltender here. Now, he is not in Carey Price's realm. He has won cups. He's a good goaltender. Been hurt a lot the past couple of years. But he would look good this year when healthy, especially at the end of the season. Now, he was wow. spending time with Robin Leonard. And what happened here is Robin Leonard is probably the better goalie. But because the Blackhawks didn't think they were making the playoffs, they traded Robin Leonard at the deadline. Mm. So he's not there anymore. He's gone. He's the backup uh, in Vegas. So, But still, they're a dangerous team because of Kane and Taze. Uh, so a team I would look at. But the team, once again, if we're going by not top eight, I think the team you have to look at is the Winnipeg Jets. This is a Tell team that is loaded with talent. I mean, they have talent up and down all over the place, including in, uh, in net. When you think about it, the only player who probably played above what you expected this season for the Winnipeg Jets, was the goaltender. Hmm. Right? Uh, I mean, goaltending is always more important in hockey. I say this over yeah. and over again. It's the equivalent of the number one starter in baseball. I it's the you. equivalent of a, a top quarterback going into A quarterback, the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Connor Hellebuck, he had a great rookie season, sort of came out of nowhere. He wasn't supposed to. Last year was so-so. This year he rebounded, had that, was great again. But it's a team, if you know hockey, Mark Shifley, Blake Wheeler, Patrick Lane, Kyle Connor, Nikolai Ellers, these are forwards who anybody would love to have. Shifley is an MVP candidate every year. Hmm. Patrick Lane is uh, saying a poor man's Alexander Ovechkin is probably not fair, but he's that kind of shooter. Sounds right? impressive. He's got a thing. shot. And they have others. They have two lines that anybody would kill for. And in a short series, you don't want to play this team. You just don't. The question's defense. They have issues on defense. Really, you know, a lot of it's because Dustin Bufflin decided not to play. Now, he uh, held out for whatever reason, whatever you want to believe okay. there. He was hurt, didn't want to play, had some personal issues, blah, blah, blah. And he's okay. gone. So, But this is a team that, if things can come together, there's no way they should be ninth. They are, this is a top-five team that played poorly during the regular season. But they're a team, if they can get it, I like them a lot. So their team, as far as, as not, not, not top eight, I would go for Winnipeg. But Chicago is dangerous as well, especially if they can just get past Edmonton. 
Mm-hmm. Edmonton has issues of their own, by the way. They're led by McDavid and Dreisaitl, great players. Right. But after that, it gets real shaky real quick. All right, when I look at Winnipeg, they got Calgary out the gate. They are underdogs, even though they're minus 106 in the series. Calgary at minus 116. And Chicago, I could get at plus 134 right now to win that series, like you said, for them to get past Edmonton. Although Edmonton technically will be skating on their own home ice, right? Yeah. Does that matter? Of course. Well, it's a I don't know. I think, I think it matters. You know, you know your home ice, right? You just know it. You feel more comfortable with that. But yeah, the, yes, there'll be no fans in the stands. So technically, well, no one's Oilers, cheering for you. Would the Edmonton Oilers also have to be in the bubble, or are they allowed to be home? They have to be in the bubble still, right? I think you still have to be in the bubble, right? Because you're still going to be like around Orlando other Magic have to be in the bubble in the NBA, right? right? You're still going to okay. be around other players, other teams, other staff that could get right. it. So you have to still be in the bubble. So right. they don't get that advantage either. But still, there has to be something to it. You know, you're in your, your locker room, you're comfortable, yeah. you know where everything is, you know, that sort of thing. You know the rink and stuff like that. But, yes, they, it's not a major advantage. That's you know, where the, the cable channel from TV in the hotel, you know, right? Like, you know everything. It's familiar, I guess. So I do think they have that edge. The reason I wanted to ask you this is you name Chicago plus 134. You name Winnipeg. They're a slight dog, but a dog nonetheless. We talked a little bit yesterday about Carey Price, what he can do. Montreal Canadiens plus 166 right now against Pittsburgh. George, it seems like you like a lot of plus money here. I know there are eight of these kind of like qualifying series, shall I say. Would I be crazy to just bet all eight underdogs? You know, I'm looking at it now. Let's look at the West. Uncertainty, right? This variance. Who knows what's going to happen? What if I just take all eight dogs? I think you can make money. I do because you don't need, you don't need to win eight. Right. Right. That's true. If I got a plus one seventy three in there, sure. Right. You don't need to win eight. And you Could look I, at it. The Blackhawks, I think, have a good chance against the Oilers. Coyotes, Predators. Coyotes were a dying team at the uh, deadline, but once again, they were a hot team for a while during the season, and now they're healthy. They get their players back, and the Predators are not great. They they have goaltending issues uh, of their own. Coyotes have a very good goaltender who may be coming into his own. We don't know if he's a one year wonder. Or if this okay. is really okay. This is the start of something here. I like the Coyotes. The Wild and Canucks, that's a coin flip. You get good money on the Wild, I'll take it. And the Wilds are sort of built. The Wilds are sort of built, Dane, for because they're an aging team. They're an older team. They're built for a three out of five. They won't go far in the playoffs because I don't think they can win round at the round. But the first round, four-month rest, uh, you can make an argument. They're the better team here, hmm. and I do like them. Uh, you look at in the East, we already talked about Pittsburgh. I like Florida over the Islanders, by the way, big time. I think that's nuts. That the uh, the Islanders lost 11 of 13 before the uh, the pandemic. They weren't going to make the playoffs. It they were like going. like a lot of these dogs, George. I do. Uh, Maple Leafs and uh, Blue Jackets. Maple Leafs playing at home. No, I'm not touching that. I love the Rangers over the Hurricanes, by the way. Because the Rangers always had a thing over the Canes anyway. And the Rangers were, have a lot of top talent. When they finally put Shosturkin, if Shosturkin would have been the goaltender from day one, they would be in the playoffs. Who's right? the they, goalie? Who's the starting goalie for the Rangers in the playoffs? For the love of God, Dana, if they don't start Igor Shosturkin, if they decide to go back... They're going to go back to the king, no? Aren't they going to go back to the king? George, I, I, I understand. Maybe you don't like it. Maybe you don't think it's the right... Maybe you don't think it's right. But that is what's going to happen, right? It depends on what you are. You're a GM, Dane. What would you do? You have a, your franchise legacy player who's a Hall of Famer, no doubt Hall of Famer, but his play has slipped. He's not the same goaltender. Yeah. Your defense is bad. That's the Rangers' problem. Their defense is bad. He's going to see shots, and they're going to be quality shots. Shesterkin is no doubt the better goaltender at this point in time. But Lundqvist's career record against Carolina is fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. So what do we do? I'll tell you what I was going to do. I'm here in New York, just like you. Um, There was a time where there was like the Rangers were going to have a big press conference, and it was right around the trade deadline. I thought they had shipped Lundqvist out for this reason, so that they didn't have to face this exact decision. I thought they were going to move on from Lundqvist. Because remember, the Rangers weren't supposed to be in the playoffs. I thought they were going to, like, let him go cup chasing because they had their goalie of the future, right, in Igor. I thought that's what was going to happen. There was a day when it was, like, big press conference at the Garden, and it was right around the NHL trading deadline. I really thought that's what it was going to be because you're right. The Rangers are in a conundrum. Well, you bring up something there. Cup chase. Now, as much as I think the Rangers can win this series, they're not okay. going to win the Stanley Cup. Okay. All right? A lot of these teams that we've talked about, they're not winning the Stanley Cup. And for a team, I'll bring up the – I'm not saying the Rangers are going to do this, by the way, but, I'll, but think about this. All right? 
you got that number one pick, a shot at it if you lose oh, yeah. this year. That's true. All right, the Rangers, no, okay, yeah, we're not going to win the Stanley Cup. We could beat Carolina, but we're not going to beat Boston or Tampa Bay next round. That's not going to happen. You know, but we start the king. We pay deference to him. We still might win the series, but if we lose, we it's a big deal. We have a one-in-eight chance of getting Lafreniere. You know, maybe we, maybe it's not. We get the best of both worlds. We start having a long quest, solves our problem, and if we lose, hey, one-in-eight chance. You know, if we win, fantastic. Yeah. We go into the second round, we'll take right. that too. So I wonder if there'll be some decisions like this, if that's in the back of the GM's mind. You know what? Let's go with the king. Let's play deference to him, our great player here. <laughs> You're like tanking happens. and giving the man a gold watch on his way out simultaneously <laughs> at the same time. I'm with that, George. I want to ask you one more question. We only got a couple of minutes left here on this uh, weekend here of in-game live. In all these sports, we've been having the idea of with all this variance here with coronavirus, we know how it applies in all sorts of spaces and all sorts of leagues. On its face, are you going to, like, for the Stanley Cup, George, are you taking one of these big favorites, Tampa, Boston, or are you going to lean towards finding someone in the field? You know what I mean? Like, if in basketball, right, I'm thinking, it's like, is it the Lakers and the Bucks, or is it someone in the field? We're talking about, you said a lot of weird things are going to happen in baseball, whether it's the Reds or the Angels or the White Sox or the Blue Jays or the Padres. You're talking about weirdness can happen here in the NHL. Will it be that way all the way towards lifting Lord Stanley's cup? Or when all is said and done, will it be one of the true main championship contenders from the beginning of the season like Boston or Tampa? You already said it, that I like a lot of these dogs in the first round. It means a lot of these guys who are in the playoffs are going bye-bye. You know, and we don't know what these teams that get the buys are going to play like, how that's going to be. Bruins, Lightning, Capitals, Flyers, they're better than anybody else. But we don't know how they're going to play when they've had these buys. I think it's going to be a completely strange NHL playoffs. I honestly don't know what to do. I'm going to look for the best odds that I like on a good team. I'm still going to give the good teams the edge. I know the Bruins, the Lightning. I know the Lightning have the best roster in the NHL. I just don't know how they're going to play coming right. back this pandemic where they haven't played in four months or five months, actually. And then they're going to play a team that just played in the playoffs and you didn't. Right. How are you going to play those first couple of games? What happens if you lose the first two games? I don't know how that's going to be. That being said, I'm going to go with what I know. And what do I know? Know is the rosters. And I think the Lightning are the best team in the East. I think Vegas is the best team out West. So that's okay. where I'm going to go with it. But if you're going to tell me, hey, do you think that's going to be the finals, Lightning or Vegas? No. I think we're going to have, we're going to have a lot of strange stuff happen in the NHL playoffs. Yeah, something is going to happen. It will be a strange long trip, but I'll tell you one thing that you can depend on. George Kurtz and I will be here to keep on giving you the edge. That's what we do here on SportsGrid, give you the edge. We don't just give you a fish. We teach you how to fish the hot goalie standing on his head, the team that may be given the gold watch and getting a first round or the idea of the number one lottery pick. That's what we do here. And George, we'll do it again next weekend. What do you say? Sounds good. Everybody have a great weekend. Sounds good. For George Kurtz, I'm Dane Martinez. This has been another edition of In Game Live. Have a great week. We'll see you again next time right here on SportsGrid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. 